Hello and welcome back to the Ski Racing Podcast with Ed Drake and sidekick Ben Clark, your favourite title, is that right Ben? Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> that and super fan. <laughs> um, I'm so happy to be back talking about ski racing. Season 3 of the Ski Racing Podcast is here. The last time we spoke was mere hours before the announcement of a nationwide lockdown and oh a few months of complete chaos. But like you said, skiing is back. We've finally got a reason to be excited. Uh, I've been watching training videos and highlight videos all summer on Instagram and just can't wait to get started. I know, it's so nice to have something. As ski racing fans, I'm sure you guys listening are exactly the same. Uh, to have something positive on the horizon uh, is a welcome change. So pleased to see the new calendar out. Um, it's obviously changed quite a lot to what we're normally seeing, but it's a positive move. Obviously, we're going to get some sort of racing in um, and uh, pretty much the same amount of races as last season. And that's that's excellent. That's what you want to see. Obviously, the tour made the difficult choice uh, in attempting to uh, reduce the risks to athletes and all involved this year uh, by making the tour be entirely based in Europe. No North American leg this year, which is going to be going to be tough for some of the athletes. But it's a decision that they had to make. A few of the American athletes have come out and said that they're disappointed, but they understand. And if it means we get some racing in, then that that's all we can hope for. Yeah, certainly going to be difficult for yeah for the North Americans really. I think and um, I know the Asian athletes and and all of the all of the athletes that are travelling from further afield. The winters is definitely going to look a little bit more different for them. Um, but uh, it is what we've got to do. We've got to do what we've got to do in terms of getting races away. Had a great chat with Marcus Waldner, who is the uh, race director for the Men's World Cup and obviously very, um, very much on Fizz's uh, high regard for who they help create plans and create these um, the calendar and stuff. And he was saying that the whole focus this season is to get some racing. So they've done what they needed to do. They've tried to make the travel as small as it possibly can be without long haul travel. Um, and they've also tried to create little bubbles around men's speed, women's speed, men's tech, women's tech. Obviously there are athletes that do multiple disciplines and do would will transcend through the bubbles but actually it's um they're doing what they can do with the focus of getting the alpine well uh, world champs in cortina in february underway as well because um the podcast for that i did with marcus valdner will we will release can get my words out better get used to that um we will we'll be releasing uh, pretty quickly after this i think uh, the plan is to release it on friday which will be the 9th of this month um but apart from that i think positive steps in reality that we should get some racing underway yeah, I can't. I cannot wait. I mean, you you touched on it briefly in terms of the uh, numbers looking pretty similar to previous years. Um, big thing that st- stood out to me in the calendar was the only Alpine combines are going to be at the World Champs and, and World Cup finals. Uh, it appears from from the calendar that was released, which you'd have to say has a bit of a dent 
to the chances of some of the all-rounders for that overall title, the likes of Pantero, uh, who would really be relying on those combined points that he seems to pick up for fun. Yeah, um, it will certainly have a bit of a sway on the results. But actually, I think having spoken to, to Marcus Valdner yesterday, um, he was saying, again, which you'll hear later on, he was saying how the Alpine combined may not be long for the World Cup Tour. Which is a shame. We saw the changes they made to it last year um, did liven the event up a bit. We were a little bit more uh, unsure as who was going to win. We saw the speed guys a bit more towards the top of the uh, results, which is something you've been pushing for. Personally, I'd have them pushed down as far as we can go and just have the tech guys picking up all the points. But that's just that's just my own personal uh, uh, point of view on those ones. But it's it was a shame. They, you, they definitely made some changes to try and make it more entertaining. But if it's a decision that FIS are making that it's just not providing enough entertainment, then, then, so, then so be it. It's, it's a shame, but the sport will keep moving. Yeah, I think they, the changes that they made to the Alpine Combined last season, in my opinion, and most of the opinions of people that I actually spoke to about it, um, were positive. And I think it did throw a few different winners into the mix. But what it didn't do was create an hour's worth of TV which is ultimately what you're trying to do with selling sport in general, aren't you? You're trying to create a package deal. And again, it comes down to viewing figures, which comes down to money and all of that sort of stuff. And the Alpine combined events were, yeah, a couple of different guys won or certainly pushed to win. But ultimately, you're still looking at maybe five people at a push that could yeah. win. And you're- that doesn't take up an hour's worth of telling. You're watching the top five speed guys and then waiting for the tech guys to do the downhill to laugh at them and then the reverse for the slalom. Yeah. Um, and as ski racing fans, we still find it enthralling. Yeah. But if you're trying to get more people involved in the sport, things like parallel events and city events draw more eyes. It's very clear what's going on at all times and that constant level of entertainment is always in front of you. Yeah, so... Um... Yeah, so it sounds like maybe drawing to a close, I think obviously we've got it at World Champs this coming season. It's still part of the Olympic programme, which is now just over a year away. Which it's ridiculous, is ridiculous, isn't it? A little it doesn't worrying. feel like very long ago since the last one. No, and um, so yeah, then after that may not be, you know, we may not see it. So, but what we will see this season is racing and hard racing at that. I think we will see, you know, obviously... COVID has um, had a massive effect on our sport and on all sport and on all ways of life. But what Fizz are trying to do is to go, right, this is the new calendar. It's not a replacement. This is the calendar. And we will be the, the events that run will be run like a normal race. It'll be polished as normal. You know, everything will stay the same in terms of what you see on the telly and what we see as fans from the actual racing perspective will be as good as it's ever been. Sure, some of the other bits are changing and obviously the calendar's different, but once we go, this is what's happening. How do you think the speed racers are going to have been impacted by this summer? Uh, I've seen a lot more, and it's probably because I follow more of the tech racers on Instagram and, and Twitter. I've seen a lot more tech training going on than speed. Obviously, when you're in Europe, you're doing glacier training. Yeah. There's a lot less speed training you can get in. 
is that is that going to have an impact? Are we going to see more crashes at the start of the year? Are people going to be rusty? Are we going to be favouring the the lights of of Foyts and Creekmire who just have done it all and seen it all? So there's much less. Whereas maybe some of the younger guys that need a bit more time under their uh, under their feet to get used to the season. Are we thinking we're going to see a bit more of that this year? Um, yeah, I, I, see, I see exactly what you're saying. I think yeah. The speed guys and girls, speed athletes, haven't gone down to South America like they normally would and got some real solid big blocks of speed under their feet. Um, and so, yeah, the vast majority, even from the Americans to the Swiss, have been on the Swiss glaciers, on the Italian glaciers, training shortened downhills, obviously, because you don't have the length up on a glacier that you do down in the southern hemisphere obviously when it's their winter time so I think we will see a bit of rust from from the athletes they've still been training obviously like you say on the glaciers and stuff but I think it may take a little bit longer to get proper race sharp which means it's even more important that fingers crossed we have a good snow start to the season because I think the speed the first speed outing for the men is going to be in Val d'Isere and for the women I believe it's Samaritz off the top of my head well you double check that um the races will, yeah, just means it's even more important that we get a couple of training runs in as opposed to, you know, if we get some bad weather and it's one training run or a shortened training run into the first downhill weekend, whether it's for the men or for the women, means that it's going to be a little bit more tricky. But you're still going to get the youngsters gung-ho. That You know, these guys, the youngsters are going to be even more hungry than, than they've ever been before to get out there and prove. And it's a great opportunity for... You know, more level playing field potentially for the smaller nations that don't normally get to travel to South America or New Zealand or Australia or whatever to have the speed time under their feet. And now all of a sudden it's like, hey, nobody's been, tra- you know, barely anybody's been training on the speed skis or prolonged training on the speed skis. So why not me? Don't know what do you what do you reckon? I'm not sure. We've talked before quite a lot about how much uh, experience plays a part in the speed events. Uh, and how it seems to be that when the guys get up into those kind of early to mid 30s they just seem to go on this roll for three or four seasons where they just everything works for them for the likes of you know creek Meyer, don't think of as a, as a young guy anymore which you certainly thought of um a, a, a little while ago Foyt's doesn't seem to be going anywhere Paris you've got coming back from injury it'll be interesting to see how not much ability to, to get long periods of time on snow has, has impacted him um, or just how, how he's going to come back from that injury I'm excited to see what the younger racers can, can bring um, obviously on the women's side uh, we've had uh, Victoria Ravensburg retire oh, yeah. over, over the summer so she was one of the mainstays in that kind of maybe not so much the downhill more the super G space she was one of the more kind of uh, speed uh, speed queen, so to speak. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. And, and after last year, the Austrians and everyone are going to be pointing straight at the Swiss. They won all four globes across the speed. Corinne Suter dominating downhill and Super G titles. And then Foyts and Caviezzo on the men's side. So yeah. all four globes going to the Swiss. Um, the Austrians were in the mix. Um, but you have to think that people are going to want to put, the other nations are going to want to put a stop to that. I think it's going to be interesting to see how the ladies' tour pans out this season. Obviously, last season, Brunoni picking up the overall for the ladies. And to see, and, and I guess it was a little bit 
of a sort of left field, a little, she got a little bit fortunate in terms of some of the races that got off and some of the races that got cancelled. We obviously had the tragic loss of, of Michaela Schifrin's father towards the end of the season, which cut short her competing on the World Cup. Um, and and I think Brunoni probably wasn't on many people's radar for the overall. And so it'll be really interesting now to see the Italian women who had an absolute bumper season in picking up World Cup victories left, right and centre, obviously Brunoni picking up the overall, to see whether all of a sudden they're the people that have got their eyes on, people have got their eyes on to, to sort of try and back that up this coming season. Yeah, I had that as a, as a note, a couple of notes down for the start of the season. Will Brunoni be able to back up the incredible year she had last year? And it was. There were, She was in the mix for all of the Globes come those last few weekends of the season. It was it was incredible, the consistency she showed across all disciplines. And I've seen a lot of stuff from her this summer. She Her media obligations have gone through the roof. And I know people haven't been up to a huge amount this summer in general, but it'll be interesting to see if, like you said, last year she kind of flew under the radar a bit. All of the talk was Schifrin and Vlahova, um, and the amount of points they'd pick up between them in the tech disciplines yeah. and the combines that would probably run away with it. Um, so Brunoni came in as a as a seasoned uh, and hold there as well, yeah, a seasoned favourite, you know, but not in terms of the overall. She she'd be one of those people we would be able to pick for the odd race here or there, yeah. but you would never thought it would go the whole season. So it'd be really interesting to see if that spotlight being on her and all the extra commitments as defending overall champion. Well, just the camera on you from the very get-go. You know, that's something that, that Schifrin has talked about at length, you know, having the camera on you, expecting results from you, uh, and how that actually plays a part in your your prep and your psyche and your commitments through the day to see whether that's going to be something that affects Brunoni. Obviously, she had that towards the end, but you still had, she still at the beginning of the season was certainly able to get away with you know, again, being under the radar a little bit during during last winter. So it'll be interesting to see that, as well as how Schifrin gets on in her return to the World Cup. And the thing that I certainly said a bunch of times last year with Brinoni is just she races with a smile on her face. In like, even if she's had a bad run, apart from when she only wins by like when she misses winning by what was it one hundredth, where she had that little that little uh... she had she had a moment where she was furious. Yeah, where was that race? But I think it was on home snow, wasn't it? Wasn't it in Italy? Latuil. It was in Latuil, yeah. yeah. And she missed out by a hundredth, and she gave it all the big smiles and the sort of you know the minute sign that it was so close, and then it cuts off of her, and she's then fuming in the in the bagging area. But she was she was she was still smiling even when she was in a race. It's not like when you see some of the other people who shall name remain nameless. Uh, <laughs> I wonder who I'll, you're I'll talking let, about. I'll let you do the naming and shaming. <laughs> just firing part. up. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, some athletes when they're mad, they're really mad. But Bruno just seemed to smile when she was yeah. mad. Um, so it, it was it was great to see. But like you said, that Italian women's team is is so strong now. We didn't quite see what we wanted from Goggia last season. She's been coming back from a lot of on and off injuries. But Marta Bassino picking up a win, looking really good. There's, they've got talent coming from all directions, so it's going to be really exciting to see uh, how, how they do this year. Yeah, absolutely. So the women's tour is set to be a, a bumper season um, in terms of uh, multiple athletes looking for... And obviously you've got um, uh, Robinson, Alice Robinson, who's, yep. who's 
hopefully we're going to see some more. She had, obviously she took the first World Cup, which she's going to go into a week Saturday with high hopes and good memories. Um, and then had a bit of an injury, then had a, a couple of subpar races, then absolutely smashed it back in Slovenia. <laughs> and had a masterclass, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, so she had a bit of a topsy-turvy season, as you kind of expect from a young athlete that that's still finding her feet in World Cup. Um, but it'd be interesting to see whether she can find some consistency to really start, you know, because she's definitely, as we saw last season, got the skill set to look look for glo- look for the globe, the GS globe especially. And on all... I say surfaces, I was going to say, but all kind of gradients and and hills. She kind of performed on multiple different hills. So sometimes when people kind of win early, like, is it just because it's glacius now? Is it just because it's sold? And did you catch everyone else being a bit rusty? But those performances at the end of the year, once she got over that injury she had, were incredible. Um, you know the the distances of time she was putting into people was was brilliant to watch. but I think you touched on it briefly. One of the big losses already is is Wendy Holden has picked up a, a an injury in training and, and going to miss a fair chunk of the start of the season at, at least and maybe longer, which is such a shame. She was always in in picks for us last yeah. year. You know, okay, able maybe... to compete across all disciplines, and it's it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a shame. I hate starting the season with injuries. Yeah, but I wonder whether it may be. I think you've got to take positives out of getting injured. I mean, you you hang on to any positives when you get injured. But um, I do wonder whether, because she's been the, you know, the bridesmaid so many times in terms of, you know, she's been there or thereabouts and just trying to get this, get, you know, some, get to right right to the peak. But um, I wonder whether maybe it just takes the pressure off her slightly for this season, coming in with an injury, you know, not... Of course, will be every time she starts now. This sort of terrible statistic that she's got, she, that she sort of got a got sort of attached to her, shall we say? Break break the duck um, yeah. is is very difficult. But I think it, you know may it may have a good effect. It may give her a chance to reset. It may give her the chance, the time, and the space to to come at it from a slight different angle. And maybe, just maybe, hopefully, we will see. Commentators like you keep reminding her all the time. Actually. No, but it's, on, it's, it's on my cheat <laughs> I don't sheet. Care what, it's on my cheat sheet. What stats <laughs> pack they give you? Uh, don't read it out. I'm sorry, going to read don't, it out. Don't be mean to Wendy. Um, good news: Tessa's back on skis. Oh, uh, Ben's excited. Um, that's my that's my GS picks for the season. Sorted. I've already nailed them in there for you. That's that's your first place out the window for the rest of the season. Yeah, great, great to see uh, Tessa back in some in some training videos. Um, we'll see if she's back to full strength and full fitness or not. Um, but obviously, it was was a, again a shame seeing her out last year. But she's one of those people who always compete. She will never stop fighting on on a run or across the length of a season. So really excited to see Tessa back. Yeah, I think it's going to be you know it brings another talented lady into the into the mix into the the shout for victories, which again is 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 great and it's nice to have such depth on the women's tour. Um, but what? About the men's tour, Ben. What are you excited to see? What are you annoyed that's not going to happen? Where are you at? I'm going to throw my initial conspiracy of the season out there. I oh, saw a video it. of Marcel Hersher on skis the other day, and I've never been more excited in my <laughs> entire life. 
Uh, he was in a big baggy suit and just looked like he was messing around for Atomic uh, and Red Bull, who still have a huge uh, say in, in his life. Uh, but I was like, maybe, maybe Marcel is getting the, uh, the, the itch to yeah, come maybe. back. Um, I mean, again, one of the other notes I wrote down uh, for things to talk about. I kind of wish we had a good friend, Marcel Mathis, with us to discuss the demise of the Austrian men's and women's tech team. So the best placed Austrian in the overall GS standards was 17th last year. Unheard of. That is horrendous for that nation. And it's something we probably said for a couple of years that Marcel Herschel was probably papering over a lot of cracks by winning eight consecutive titles. In as much as behind him, there were always people who were happy to get the odd win here or there. We talked about the pressure. They didn't have the pressure so they could go out and do what they wanted. It didn't really matter. And they could they could play understudy, do ten percent of the press, get a World Cup win, have a couple of days of press, and then hide back a bit in, yeah. in in Marcel's shadow. And and the best place was was seventh overall in the slalom tour for men's, and that's it's just unheard of. When you think of the quality that men's slalom team have, you got Schwartz in there, uh, Mickey Matt, uh, and Manny Feller, who all three of which are capable of winning races, yeah. hands down. And the best they can do is seventh overall, let alone the young guys they've got coming through. You can excuse them for being a little bit more hit and miss yeah. because it just takes a little while before you're really ready on that top stage. The, the Austrians are coming up with a a um, ace to try and pull themselves out of this. And that ace is, is called Hirscher, but not the one you're expecting. Ferdinand Hirscher, Marcel's father, is now coaching the men's GS team. So they have they have turned to the big moustache that that is Mr. Hirscher Senior and asked uh, and basically looked to him to try and turn that around because that stat of 17th is um, unheard of and unacceptable in the Austrian Ski Federation. That is going to be, and there's going to be a lot of pressure with world champs now this season, Olympics the following season. They have got a very short amount of time to turn this around. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how those that GS team does because if they are still abject this year, you can turn around and say, well, it turns out Herschel was just that good. Yeah. His dad coaching him didn't really make a difference. But if he can drag these guys out of the gutter and back up to the podium, yeah. then some serious things are going to be said about his coaching ability and, okay. and, and how have they let him just be Marcel's coach all these years when yeah. they could have had podiums full of Austrians yeah, over so that period it's going to be time. really in, it's going to be really really interesting um, I'm looking forward to obviously the return speed speed tour <sighs> we're going to see uh, we're, we're not going to see obviously Beaver Creek and Lake Louise I mean Lake Louise is iconic probably because it's the opening race of the season it's not necessarily the most challenging of peace but it's a really nice start and then we're going to miss Beaver Creek which is usually an absolute cracker uh, which will be a real shame that that one is now then not going to be on the calendar. But it doesn't mean that it's going to be any different, really. I think we're still going to see, like we talked about briefly in the intro part, is the real experience coming to the fore. Um, Jansrud, I wonder where his head's going to be at in terms of, you know, he had the baby over the summer. Um, is that a going to be of some assistance in terms of, of his headspace and I don't know it's going to be interesting to see how he does with a topsy-turvy last couple of seasons is this going to be the thing that kickstarts him maybe back into it or is it going to be the thing that makes it more topsy-turvy we'll sort of see and only time will tell um 
Dominic Paris coming back from injury. Uh, the men's speed for the Austrians is certainly going to be the thing that has kept spirits higher in Austria. And um, and likewise, the Swiss winning the Nations Cup after, what is it, 30 years? Um, and a lot of that down to some a big points haul in the speed events to see how that turns out. And the Americans off the back of, which I don't know, I think would is fair to say was a, a a tough season last season, not necessarily some of the best results. Bryce Bennett didn't really perform last season like he did the season before. Uh, and Travis Gannon was uh, consistent, if not uh, able to produce that tiny, tiny uh, extra bit of performance that takes you from fifth to first. Yeah, and unfortunately over the summer there was another injury for, for that team as well. Stevie Nyman uh, suffered uh, Achilles tendon injury. I'm not entirely sure how long he's going to be out for, how how bad that one is. You, you hope he gets back. Um, and, and on the tour, because he is one of the senior guys who really leads that team, and when he's skiing well, the others kind of get pulled pulled along with him. And, you know, in a season like this, like we talk, talked about with the Americans being away from home all season, you kind of need the senior people to, to step up and really kind of make everyone feel like they're part of that family um, moving forward. So uh, we can hope that. I mean, I'm kind of excited. We talked about it a tiny bit last year. We're going to see from uh, River Radamus this year. Uh, obviously, he came in with a lot of hype. He had a, a couple of okay performances last year. But yeah. I was kind of hoping he'd be like Alice Robinson and just it was, fully burst through um, it, yeah, right was, into that. It was really interesting to see him. You know, He performed really well at World Cup Finals at the end of, not obviously last season, season before. And you're like, oh, okay, here he comes now making that step from the junior ranks and world juniors and stuff now coming into World Cup. And last season, you're kind of like, okay, you're excuse, you know, not your excuse because it's not an excuse from us, but he, you know, you're, you, you sort of expect a couple of up and down performances and trying to get in. But now obviously it's, we've got another year through, we've got an, a load more races under the belt and we're just, and each time just a little bit more expectation comes on the shoulders and the best thrive off that expectation. And, um, and it'll be nice to see him hopefully for the Americans. Cause I think they could do with a few more, um, little boosts in terms of results from the men's side of things. Um, you know, just just bringing a little bit more consistency to the top end of World Cup because success breeds success, as we all know. Do you reckon we're going to get a show in from the world's oldest slalom racer this year? Do you reckon we're going to get some more uh, lizardry magic? <laughs> I was like, which one are we talking about here? There's quite a few oldies on tour. Um, do I think? Yeah, I think I think the French team, as they, they as they showed us at the through pretty much all of last season that there seemed to have been a new lease of life within the French team. From the speed side to the tech side, the French were attacking on all fronts. They were producing results which we wouldn't necessarily expect from some of the old timers and um, some awesome skiing from obviously Clement Noel um, consistently in slalom or pretty consistently in slalom as consistently as you can in slalom. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see that the attacking croissants on the tour and uh, on the fight and the hunt for podiums. You're going to get in trouble for that one, I'm sure. No, they that's, they um, call themselves that. That's not. I've not dubbed them that. They've dubbed themselves. It doesn't sound like something they call themselves. Um, <laughs> um, I'm I, I'm excited to see those guys. I'm excited to see how Pantero bounces back from a, a kind of the almost of last season. There was lots of thoughts going into it that the that. that 
he, he would have possibly the best chance of, of the overall yeah. um, without Hersha being there because he had that kind of a bit more multidiscipline um, about him. And I don't know, I'm excited to see just what what level he's at. Um, he started a bit slow last year, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He, um, yeah, he did, didn't he? he uh, it would be really interesting, Marcel Mathis, whose father, who, Marcel, who obviously from the pod... Uh, his father is still uh, Pantero's coach and said he's been skiing really well. He's been um, attacking a lot recently and and uh, and is expecting big things. Marcel's already put in his uh, uh, podcast predictions for the opening weekend off the back of uh, feeling good from from Marcel. The Norwegians have been training really hard this summer. The men's side been chatting to Mike Pulaski, who's an ex-coach of mine who coaches on the men's tech World Cup circuit. They're... Uh, doing long stints over uh, in Sasfe, getting some real time under the feet. be interesting to see the youngsters, how they can push on from what was an exceptional season for them last year. It'll be interesting to see how your favourite racer, Henrik Christofferson, does this year. I think we talked about it um, on the end of season uh, podcast we did last year. He didn't appear to have a great season, yet he walked away with both Slalom and GS Globes. I mean, you know you're good when a bad year constitutes two titles. Yeah. I think it'll be really interesting to see. The, the last season's Slalom title was brilliant. He won it. He won the title by two points over Clement Noel, um, and the fight was looking to go right down to the wire. I think. I think Henrik is going to... I, I kind of anticipate a good year for him this year. I think he will have been working really hard, like all the athletes. It makes it sound like he's going to be working harder than any of them, but that's not the case. 110%. But, yeah, exactly. Extra percent. 111, I heard. Um, but he um, he's going to be working crazy hard. And I kind of just feel like you talked about it earlier, about that pressure to step up and take over from Marcel Hirscher. Now not isn't necessarily there, and I think it's been quite clear to lots of people that it's not one guy that's trying to fill the shoes of Marcel Hirscher. It's the Men's World Cup that is trying to fill the shoes of Marcel Hirscher. So I, I think maybe that pressure's slightly off from Pantero and certainly Christofferson to be the next Marcel Hirscher. And I think maybe that will allow... Uh, the racers, the athletes, to to sort of just just get on with it and and not necessarily have that burden on their shoulders. Yeah, and the GS last year was a really fun one with a few kind of emergence, uh, the emergence of a few new uh, names onto the onto the sheet. We had Tommy Ford burst onto that scene with the the monster performance in 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 Solden. Then we had uh, Jan Kranich having. A, a really consistent season. He was getting picks from us left, right, and centre. And then, you know, later in the year, Zubchic jumping in as yeah. well. They had a, a, a lot of kind of. Again, none of these guys are brand new, but just because Hersher had dominated for so mm. long, those guys coming kind of fourth and fifth in previous seasons, you didn't really yep. pick up on as much. Yep, and now absolutely. they're all fighting for wins. You know, there were a lot of different winners uh, in the GS uh, last year. You know, Alexandra Armot killed her came joint seventh um, and that's you, you know you're not really expecting it from someone you would normally be what do you pasting think? in the super G side what do you think about um, do you think Lucas Broughton's going to pick up a few young Norwegian I, mean, I he think, looked I think incredible he's 
on in spells last year and it was just a case of not can you put two runs together but can you put two runs of that kind of brilliance together um because you know it's as ex-racers you've all tried to put you know well you know lazy speed lot a run together you know three sections or whatever it is you guys do um (laughs) (laughs) unless it's begging this like 17 splits um but Often, you know, it's a bit of a throwaway statement to say, can they put two runs together? But it's not just two runs, it's two runs of, of brilliance, which yeah. is what you see in, two runs in, tiny, like no mistakes. in tiny spells. And he and he looked brilliant when we saw it. And I just, the enthusiasm of some of the younger guys is what is, is really fun. The aggression and the no-holds-barred attack. I, I really enjoy watching that. Um, so, with the calendar being slightly smaller than it is normally there are 39 races for men 35 races for women nine downhills for the men seven super g's 10 gs 11 slaloms Uh, for the women it's eight downhills seven super g's nine gs's and nine slaloms um overall like we won't do real picks today but what about like what are your thoughts for the overall for both the men and for the women and the women's tours are a lot more even in terms of the number of races they've got. Yes, there's more slalom and GS, but not by as many. Whereas, you know, if you're a tech specialist, you've got 21 races in the men's. And if you're a speed specialist, you've got 16. That's quite a lot of points difference. But it's always been that way. It's not, it's it, not, it hasn't, normally it's not the case of it's 50-50. It's not been 50-50 for a long time. No, and it's something that I think I've probably mentioned at some point in the past. Because you want a speed skier to win the overall, don't you? <laughs> of course, that's definitely what I want. But I think the points allocation across the races could be evened out some way. Like if you've got more slaloms in the calendar, yeah. could they arrange the points so that the overall... The most you, the most points you can get across a slalom season is a thousand, and the most points you can get across downhill is a thousand, or something like that. So that when you get to the overall, it's not just well, I've got more races than you, so yeah. I win. Um, I have no idea how this would work that out with races getting cancelled mid-season. It's not yeah. something that would You're work. You're just ch- chucking an idea. I know. I t- I... It's just, it's just something that it make, especially when you add combines in, because predominantly the tech skiers do end up yeah. with more of them. I just you feel a little bit bad sometimes for you know the likes of, of like Foyts and Paris and those guys. They could win all of their races and, and, still, sti- not and, and still not be enough um, for an overall title. We saw a big push last last year for um, for athletes from both men and from women to try and to ski three disciplines. Whether you're a, we talked about it, whether you're a tech skier adding on super G or whether you're a speed skier adding on GS, and we saw that quite a lot. We saw it probably more from the men's side with it being that obvious but it'll be interesting to see that split again whether you see the likes of um Ormark which uh, Ormark Kilda sorry who won obviously the overall last season but then you've also got Matthias Meyer coming through and he managed to pick up you know a few good results in GS but is that going to be enough to give them the extra points from the speed side to try and take over I'm not too sure I mean I think I'd say on on the men's side we're probably looking at a similar kind of points, not points distribution, but the similar players. We had Kilda, Christofferson and Pantero as, you as think the it's main going to be three between contenders. those three. I mean, pretty much. 
I mean, unless anyone else can really step up. What about Odomat? Because he obviously picked up a decent injury last season that took him out for that sort of couple of months early season. Do you think that's going to be somebody that he could? He could. Odomat is definitely a good all rounder. We just haven't seen enough consistency across all of his disciplines. Yeah. He's definitely got what it takes. Um, you know, what can what can Loic Mayard do? He he's you know he can pick up a win in a parallel. Um, yeah, but the thing is, he he definitely was one that picked up a decent amount of points from the Alpine combined, which is not going to be there this season. So you, you I, I do think you're right in terms of your main players and who's going to win, because I think it's going to be the people that are consistent in the core side, whether you're talking about core speed or core super G. I mean, core speed or core tech, like those those guys and girls, it's applicable across both genders. I think it's going to be the guys that are consistent in each half of the, the speed versus tech that are going to be the ones that are picking up the bulk of the haul. And on the women's side, again, it's, you know, because Schifrin can win so not easily, dominantly across every discipline, you can't really look past her. Obviously, there's the big question of how is she going to bounce back this year? Um, it's going to and, be interesting, isn't it? And and will she do as she's been doing the last couple of seasons in terms of uh, the races she chooses to to compete in? But realistically, she was, you know, 150 odd points off the win last year, missing, you know, the last five six races. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, you imagine a, a similar group well, of I've... Brignoni, Schifrin, and Vlahova. Yeah. being there or thereabouts if Wendy's injured and, and, and can't compete on those kind of all disciplines front I can't really see where the rest of the points are coming up I mean Corinne Suter who like we said dominated both speed disciplines last year in, in the women's side and I say dominated she, she won them both um, maybe not by uh, massive margins but she was you know best part of 500 points of Brignoni's total um I think you're right. We're going to see the likes of Schifrin battling it out with probably Vlahova in reality. Vlahova started skiing Super G pretty well at the end of last season, so that's going to be interesting to see how many points she's able to pick up. The North Americans, I've spoken to to um, colleagues in both America and Canada, and the athletes are going to be spending, near enough all of them are planning on spending the entire winter over in Europe so I wonder whether if that means the same for Schifrin obviously who who flies a slightly different program to the sort of core team anyway whether that means that she's going to be less inclined to sort of go home in terms of and take some time you know where she's looking to um, sort of conserve energy because she does ski so many disciplines I wonder whether that means that the option to go home probably isn't a great one because of travel restrictions and, and COVID issues, that whether we will see maybe her taking more time out in Europe, which then maybe, maybe, maybe allows us to see more of her racing in multiple disciplines, that, uh, I don't know. It's, it's definitely going to be interesting. I can't, I'm trying to come up with answers, but there aren't any, that, and yeah. that's going to be some of the fun of this year, is just waiting and see what happens as the, as the season progresses. Rules and restrictions may well change, um, and I'm just... It's going to be exciting just to see what, what happens. Uh, yeah, certainly is. Um, from a British perspective, Dave Riding is back on Fisher, which I think is a good move. Nothing against Dina Starr, which he had um, some really good results on. But I think he hasn't looked 
he didn't look as comfortable on the Dina Styles and certainly wasn't as consistent on the Dina Styles as he was on don't the Fishers. Don't the Atomics, Dave? No? Nothing? Well, Nothing I mean, if he'd, could, if he'd switched onto Atomic, I think they could have just given him the globe probably instantly. Um, but uh, so <laughs> I'm pleased that he's changed back. Uh, the Brits across both men's and women's uh, and all the disciplines have been training really hard, predominantly in uh, Sasfe, uh, the tech guys, whether Dave and Laurie uh, and um, Alex Tilly and Charlie Guest have been training a lot indoors. Raposo has been um, doing a lot on social media, as as usual, uh, but he has also been doing a lot in the gym and a lot on uh, on the skis as well. So he and by all accounts, which is which is um, a kudos to him, is fitter and stronger than he's been. His fitness tests have been through the roof, and I think that's probably the thing that's held him back. Uh, over the last couple of seasons is not necessarily being able to keep up with the with the punishment that is World Cup giant slalom pistes. Yes, kind of avoiding those niggling injuries. Yeah. He's picked up a few that have kept him out of training for a couple of weeks at a time and they don't sound like a big deal, but when you're just getting your momentum and then you're forced to, to not push too hard for a couple of weeks, it takes a little while to, to pick back up again. Um, on, on Dave's side, you know, what kit you're on is very personal to you um, and if he's more comfortable being back on Fisher he's had some incredible results on Fisher in, in the past um, and did you see it was, it's been on the podium did you, did you... I have I have seen that yeah, yeah, that is, yeah. That is, yeah. yeah, yeah. that's yeah. something I'm, I'm aware of <laughs> um, and, and hopefully we'll we'll get to see that again a bit of a shame no, no levy um, yeah uh, for, for Dave this year in some ways kind of Probably got mixed feelings about in terms yeah. of just how ridiculously <laughs> fast he can ski down Levy, but also how heartbreaking it's been yeah, with the, yeah. uh, you know, the times he's, he, he's come out when he'd been in, in kind of almost winning positions. That's there. a bit of a double-edged sword, isn't it? I think he'll be frustrated because he doesn't get the chance to go and show and put some demons to bed, but at the same time, it's avoid a place that's not been the kindest to him uh, over the past couple of seasons. Um, but the men's loss is the women's gain when it comes to Levy. Uh, so the ladies will be still travelling there. Charlie Guest on the British side is going to get a good crack at it. I'm not actually sure if if uh, Alex Tilly will get the chance to go she, as well. She raced a couple of slaloms last year. Um, I guess it would be uh, up to her really what she wants to do. I saw she could um, pick up points. Is that Killington? Was that last year? Yeah, yeah she had a really good yeah. double weekend, both yeah, slalom and, and GS um, in in Killington. Which obviously, it's not on the calendar this year. She, I don't know. I saw. Instagram recently, she she had did have the slalom boards on for some training, um, so it'll be interesting to see if she gets a go there. It it would be wise to I think this year, you know, it's, it's two races, it's worth the trip, and you know you always train on, you know, you always train disciplines near to the one you 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 do. So yeah. she she'll be training slalom a lot of the time anyway for some of the the same technical skills you'll use in in GS and. It's a it's a it's a great place to race. It's one of those ones that's with all of the undulations. It, it people, throws everything at them. Pe- people get put out. There's not. I mean, I guess each each World Cup piece has its own um, kind of hallmark to it. But Levy's one of those ones that people can really go after. It's one of those pieces where you don't really see people backing off. Yeah, you can just go all out. Which which you know some of the things we said about Alex before is it's. You know, has she has she attacked too hard in 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 either difficult conditions or difficult slopes? And provided you can get the rollers right, yeah. Levy's one of those places where you can just go, and yeah, and that would be you know uh, it'll be good it'll be good as well 
for Charlie to have another British person there as well. Sometimes I feel like the the guys and girls, the the British athletes, can can sometimes get a bit lonely on yeah. tour when they're the only one going yeah. to each event. So I think all in all, positive news for the season. We're going to get some racing. The thing I did want to briefly mention before we leave you all is the return of the ski racing podcast predictions feature. Glad to see we came up with a catchy title this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that probably still needs some work. Prepare, <laughs> prepare. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Right. We'll we'll rethink the title, but um, it is going to be a a permanent feature, and uh, you will need to email in or Facebook or tweet at us with throw your... Instagram in there as well. oh, I know you've got an Instagram account yeah there do is an all. Instagram do them all um, there is all of those places where you can get in touch and we will be giving out the sort of cut off date for your predictions uh, because we will be running it throughout the whole season will be a league table and there will be prizes for the victors come the end of the season whenever that is there will be prizes just send us in your picks for the victors for each race over the weekend, you get five points if your pick is first, you get three points if your pick is second, and you get one point if your pick is third. So you still only need to send in one athlete to be uh, the winner, and we will decide how many points you get. And if I don't like you, then you won't get any points anyway. Uh, <laughs> Which explains why I do so badly normally. <laughs> uh, and I think that covers everything. Uh, ben, thank you very much for joining me again as we look forward to what is going to be a very exciting season of racing. Uh, until we meet again, goodbye for now. <laughs>